Hello, welcome back. Today the stories we will listen to come from the subreddit r slash pro revenge. The name of the first post is killed a tow company with one simple phone call. I killed an entire tow company with one phone call, on mobile, so bear with me. Several years back I went to work for a towing company. It's about all I know how to do other than paint cars which is drastically affecting my health. The pay was pretty decent, but we had to share trucks and the boss felt that he knew where we needed to sit in order to get the best calls. This is important for later. Several months in, I realized that I was not making the type of money that I should be making. So I took the opportunity while I was sitting in a parking lot one evening to start researching the laws pertaining to employees in similar positions. He was kind of an asshole and the trucks had transponders so that he could see if we had them idling with the air conditioner on in a hot day, or idling with the heat on on a cold day. He was always calling complaining about something if the wheels were not turning. During my research I discovered that if he was requiring us to sit in a certain parking lot, street, or any location of his choosing, then we were entitled to be paid an hourly wage not just our commission. The technical term was engaged to wait however if he allowed us to freely roam about while we waited for calls we were not entitled to hourly wages and we were therefore considered waiting to be engaged. I never mentioned this to him, but I did start taking note of my time. Another month or so goes by and he decided to start coming down on me for tiny little BS, things that ordinarily wouldn't even matter, such as I forgot a pop can in the cup holder. He actually had a screaming fit about that. At this point I was tired of working there and had already found another job so I decided it was time to put my plan into motion. I called him up, told him that we needed to have a conversation about my final wages and that we could meet at his convenience. Upon entering the office I laid out my argument, explained the state law, and told him I expected to be paid for the hours that I was on the clock but not freely allowed to roam looking for work or able to do things of my choosing. He told me in no uncertain terms would not be paid for that time, as that was agreed to upon my employment. I did not bother to argue, as I already had my next step planned, so I took my final check and I left. The following Monday, I made a phone call to the state labor board, where I laid out my case to them. Needless to say, they were very interested in what was going on. In the end, they came to review his employment records and speak to the drivers still working. When he got the bill of what he had to pay us all, it was too much for him to afford, so he sold the trucks, his boat, and lot and went out of business. I never got the money owed to me in full, only a fraction. But the satisfaction of knowing the law just a little bit better than he did and watching it all burn was pure bliss. TL, Dr. Boss fucks us on legally entitled wages, I sink his company with one phone call, let's jump right into our next post titled Hippity Hoppity, You Damaged My Property. Bippity boppity, I'm calling the copity. Bippity boppity boo, they're taking your kids too. I apologize in advance for the length. TLDR at the end this happened shortly after college. My mom is a retired, disabled woman who now owns her house on a quiet residential cul-de-sac. She has lived there longer than anyone else. Her neighborhood has designated parking spaces at the end of the cul-de-sac, all with the addresses of each house painted in the parking space. My mom doesn't get out much so I use her designated parking space. At the time, we lived in the same city and I visited her weekly to bring groceries, fix broken things, cook for her, etc. My mom parked her car in the backyard of her house, since she went out so little. Mom kept busy by gardening or baking buying cookies for the children on the street. Mom's neighbor, Ivy, never parked well. Whenever I stopped by, her car was always parked so close to my car that I had to park on the curb. 
I wouldn't have cared about Ivy's piss-poor parking but for two things, one, she had four or five kids and had parties almost every weekend, leaving trash in mom's yards, two, I loved my car, a 2016 metallic ice blue Dodge Challenger Hellcat, the first car I had ever purchased brand new. I washed that car once a week, detailed the interior, and had rules against eating, drinking, or even leaving trash in my car. It was my pride and joy. Mom had called the police throughout Ivy's residence because of the parties. Ivy's guests would fill up the cul-de-sac with their cars, obstructing traffic, and get into loud, drunk fights at an after midnight. I often found empty beer bottles, empty condom wrappers, cigarette butts, and emptying crack baggies on the fence between the properties, mostly on Ivy's side of the fence, this is all important information, one Saturday while having dinner at mom's house, I heard a loud crash and my car alarm went off. I ran outside to see Ivy's older model Honda Accord back out of her parking space and speed down the street. Ivy's Accord had a dent from the front bumper to the door and the headlight had popped out. I approached my challenger with trepidation and screamed in anguish at what I saw. My car, my beautiful three-week-old car with less than 500 miles on it, had a dent stretching from the passenger's door to the front bumper and the right front wheel was tilted at a 30-degree angle. I was livid and in anguish as I called the police, filed an online claim with my insurance, and arranged for a tow truck to take my damaged car to the dealership. The estimated cost of repairs came out to States dollars total cost of repairs was eventually States dollars I had a low insurance deductible States dollars but my car was parked and Ivy owed for the damages. For two weeks, I knocked on Ivy's door or waited for her to come home. She stopped driving her damaged Accord and either rented or borrowed a Ford Fusion. When she was home, she didn't answer the door. When she wasn't, she stayed away until my rental car, a Dodge Charger, left mom's parking space. I left a note on Ivy's door for her to call me, but only received harassing calls from restricted phone numbers or people blaring air horns in my ear when I answered. The revenge about two weeks after the accident, Ivy's children came to mom's house for some cookies. I noticed that two of them had bruises around their eyes. If Ivy hadn't hit my car, I still would have done what I did but maybe not as underhandedly. I had mom take pictures with and of the children but waited until the next party to strike. Ivy had a party that night or the night after. Mom called me to let me know and I installed an app onto my phone that gave me a fake phone number. I called 911 and reported the party. There's a loud party at 1007 Mountain Drive, and I'm worried because the children are around all these drunk adults. Please, hurry. Mom called to let me know the police had arrived. I drove to her house, stopping by the grocery store first so that appeared to be the reason, and saw Ivy and her boyfriend Bane already sitting in the back of a squad car. From a news broadcast, that night, I found out that Bane had warrants out for his arrest. Initially, the charges were disorderly conduct and disturbing the peace. However, mom turned over the photos of the children, anonymously mailing them through the post office with Ivy's address and name as the return address. Less than a week later, Ivy and Bain were charged with child abuse charges. I think Bain was charged with more severe charges as well for abusing Ivy's daughter. Either way, the children ended up in foster care, and Ivy and Bain ended up in prison. TL, doctor, my car was hit by such a foul witch, being a pro I played a snitch. Her children had bruises, she had no excuses. My plan went well, no hitch, the next story we will hear is named not my revenge, but my professor against cheaters, I took the final for an engineering class this morning.
usually one or two people will go to the bathroom during class, however for totally unknown reasons, about half of the class needed to use the restroom during the exam. Obviously a vast majority of them were looking up the answers on their phones. This irritated me but I just stayed focused and barely finished since it was a hard exam. I remembered that there was one particular problem that was only barely related to the stuff we went over in class where part A was fairly easy but I had no idea how to do part B. I didn't fret over it too much though, since that part was only 5 points out of 100. Well our professor who is on the older side and I would have thought was somewhat ignorant of technology sent us an email just now explaining his diabolical plan to catch cheaters. Many of the students in this class use Chegg, a website that has answers to lots of homework questions if you're not familiar. To be fair I have an account too though I only used it for studying and checking homework solutions. Anyway he explained that he was tired of people going to the bathroom and looking up answers on their phones so he made the question I mentioned earlier as a trap. He purposely made part B impossible to solve and about a month before the final, he got a ta with a Chegg account to ask the exact question, which was distinctly worded to be unique. He th. N created his own Chegg account and answered the question with a bullshit solution that seems right at first glance but is actually fundamentally flawed and very unlikely that someone would make the same assumptions and mistakes independently. He said that out of 99 exams, 14 of them fell for the trap and that everyone who had his wrong solution on their exam was given a zero and reported to the university for violating the academic honor pledge they signed on the front. He also sent an email to all the other professors in our department giving them the list of cheaters. Edit, I forgot to mention he gave full credit on part B of the question to everyone else. Edit 2, hi guys I'm writing this 5 months after the initial post. I'm glad this post is getting attention again and I'm once again receiving messages from people wanting to get in touch with the professor or students from the class, so now that this post has run its initial course, I'll burst everyone's bubble by admitting that I mostly made this story up. It's based on a real incident that happened in my department a couple years ago, but I wasn't in the class personally, I only heard about it third-hand from someone I didn't know that well. So while the general plot and end result of the story is true, I changed some details to keep the professor and school anonymous, and took creative liberty in writing it from a first-person viewpoint. Unfortunately the part about my department letting students go to the bathroom during exams with their phones was true, and is still true to this day, and to my knowledge the incident this is based on is the only time that a professor actually took a stand against this shitty policy. So yeah I don't know the professor personally since the class he taught is not part of my program's curriculum, so I won't put anyone in touch with him or anyone else who knows about the real incident and could expose his identity. Before anyone reports this for being fake, I will once again stress that while I changed the details, the actual events played out in a similar way and the real professor did in fact get his revenge on the cheaters. Dot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reddit Guy. If you enjoyed it you can follow the podcast and never miss an episode of daily reddit podcasts.